Rod. I went to Arizona State. Rod. I'm a Sun Devil, man. State of the Sun Devils from Arizona Sports with Jesse Morrison, Jeremy Schnell, and Jake Anderson. And welcome into the bye week edition of State of the Sun Devils alongside Jake Anderson and Jesse Morrison. I'm Jeremy Schnell. What have you guys done this week, Jake? Did anything exciting or take a little time up off of? I mean, I, I we didn't get a bye week. I still got a job. No. I, I've been writing my uh, midseason evaluations that you clearly haven't been. You can reading. check that out on ArizonaSports.com, right, Jesse? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting to it. You're getting to it. Yeah, I've got, I got, a, I've had a very busy week. Should we talk? Should we now change it to Will Jesse read Jake's articles this week? I, I do more than you. I had okay. So do, I, whoa, whoa, hold on. We all do a lot here. It's not a no, competition. I do. I, I, okay, I'm sorry. I read more than you, Jeremy. No, um, but uh, you know, I had to read this six thousand word story on the Washington Commanders yesterday because I am a Washington Commanders fan. And so that kind of took that up took my my reading for the the week. Speaking of uh Washington Commanders, we we could talk about Ron Rivera's former team and how they fired you see how, what I'm doing here how they fired oh, Matt great Rule transition. Last week. Great transition. <laughs> That's a pro's pro right yeah, there. Yeah. Um they fired Matt Rule last week. Is ASU interested, Jesse? I don't know if they're interested. I I, I don't. Would have... you be interested? No, Jesse's on the iguano train until it crashes or it gets him to where he wants to go. Okay, so yes, I'm on the iguano train. However, Matt Rule did take some programs that were really in the doldrums, and he turned them around. So I mean, I do like what is it a from doldrum. It's like down in the dumps kind of thing. I'm on it. Yeah, but he turned around Temple and. He turned around Baylor. So if you look at it, the owls, (laughs) the owls, yeah. So if you look at 2013, when he got to Temple, his first season, he was two and 10, 2014, six and six, and then 15 and 16, 10 win seasons. And then he went to, and then he got the Baylor job after that mess at Baylor. Yes. That's a delicate way to put that. Yes. It was way more than a mess. It was awful. And they went one and 11 the first season. And then he got them to seven and six, and then he got them to eleven and three, and a berth in the Sugar Bowl. So, I mean, with where ASU's program is, he might be a good choice to lead this program and try to chain turn this program around just based off of his track record. He's one and three in ball games. Yeah, that doesn't matter to me as much. <laughs> I, I I like Sean Aguano as of now, but as far as college coach Matt Rule. I think he might be the perfect fit for this team. But here's the problem, and Jake, I want to get your thoughts on this as well. I have the definition of a doldrum as well. <laughs> Can we hear it? Yeah, don't take, do uh, that first. It is a popular nautical term that refers to the belt around the Earth near the equator where sailing ships sometimes get stuck on windless waters. Windless waters, I think, is probably what you were talking about there. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um. Now, going back to Matt Rule... Uh, um, I wanted to get your opinion on specifically his contract in Carolina, Jake, because I would like to have his current Carolina contract. <laughs> but the problem is, is if he ta- there's some wording in there is that if he takes a job in college quickly, then that would be void. Ooh. Otherwise, I believe he earns forty million dollars over the next four years. So. You know, 
in anybody's right mind, they would go to Barbados and hang out <laughs> and not actually take this ASU job or any job. But college, but football coaches are insane, and they love to coach. I asked Jake this question, not you, Jesse. Yeah, well, well, I I you decided to take, I decided yeah. to uh, give some context here. So yes, um, Matt Rule. You know, he should go to Hawaii, Barbados, Europe, really anywhere on vacation. Maybe he just wants to go back and hang out in, at Temple and watch some owl football. Yeah, may, maybe that. Just just anything. But, like, why would you take this uber-stressful job? But, you know, there are these college coaches. There are the, they're these coaches. Coaches coach. They've said that many times. Coaches coach. So well, Realistically, I look at it this way. Yes, if there is something, I didn't, I don't know, I haven't read into it. But if there is something in his contract that says he will lose that if he goes to the college ranks too quickly, A, I don't think he will. I don't think he'd give up free money. Coach is coach. But B, if he were to, I believe it would be from a school that would be paying him a lot of money, aka an SEC school, because you get to think about the coaches or I should say the schools that are going to be wanting to get new coaches at the end of the college football season. And we know that ASU in Colorado has already fired their coaches midseason, but I don't think that ASU, and certainly not Colorado, is going to have the coin to be able to convince him to give up any potential money. If we take the money out of it, then it comes down to he literally just has his choice as to what school he'd like to go to, because he's, he's at the point now in his career where he doesn't need to work his way up. He's been at the pinnacle of the coaching world. He's coached an NFL team. Didn't yes. go well for him. But, but he's still, a college coach. But he got there, and he's shown that he can work up those ranks. And I think if we do see him back in the college level, it's going to be at a high prestige, a highly historical, and a rich program. And there is an opening at Nebraska, which is a highly historical program that has not been successful recently. And, you know, he could turn that program around like he's done with these other schools. Here's, and and I have a, to deal with whatever ASU's going yes, to have to deal yes, with and that's, here pretty soon. You know, and that from, Allegedly. from well, just he, a support. He has dealt with things in the past exactly. of but, you know, allegations, investigation. Who knows if he wants to do that again? Correct. Nebraska's probably the best opening right now, wouldn't we say? Yes. Yeah. It's better than Georgia Tech. And it's then better than Colorado. And then there's it's than two ASU. other possibilities of openings that would be better than Nebraska. Texas A&M and Notre Dame. And also, there's a possibility that Lane Kiffin moves on from Old Miss. There's just always that possibility, in my opinion. Yes. Which would be a better job. A&M well, might, might be it if it ends up being open, just because it's Texas, and he gets to go back to Texas, but you're in the SEC, and... The money that comes along with that state and that conference, it's kind of a win-win for him. Here's what I would do. If I were Matt Rule, and I, I would love to be in Matt Rule's situation, um, not not the firing part, but to be able to be paid that much money. No, to, I would, I would, I would I'd be cool with being fired. I would be cool with being fired. You don't have to meet the media. You don't have to uh, answer questions from I'm us sure, bozos. I'm sure it's a, it's a little bit of a whirlwind for him right now. But in what I would do is I would get a position coach's job in the NFL, which probably wouldn't void his contract, continue to coach, continue to learn more about the game, because you can always learn more about the game of football, and then when his contract runs out with the Panthers, then take either a head coaching job in the NFL or back down to college ranks. Here's a question for you guys. that We've kind of talked about it from a Matt Rule angle, but if you were Arizona State and he was willing to come here, 
would you guys go with Matt Rule or would you go with one of these other openings? How did the season or, finish? How did this season finish? Like, how did this season finish? Because, uh, well, uh, just oh, hi- yeah. hypothetically, hypothetically, ASU, ASU goes, goes four and eight. Okay, but I'm saying like, if ASU goes eight and four, I'm keeping a guano. Of course, but four and eight, which four might, and eight, which might look better than we thought after good. the Eastern yeah. Michigan game. Yeah, I, I would, I think Iguano would need to get to five or six wins to be able to, unfortunately for him, him get the full time job. And then, and then my my the second part of my question is though is like. Would you guys want Matt Rule or would you want Dion? Would you want Dion. Urban Meyer? Would Dion. you want Scott Frost? Would Dion. you want Matt Campbell? Dion. I a hundred percent do not want Scott Frost or Urban Meyer yeah. for completely separate reasons. I don't reasons. mind Scott Frost. I don't want Scott Frost because of his record at Nebraska, just because I feel like it's a similar situation and where like you're now in a Power Five conference, you're expected to do more than what you did and. He doesn't have that track record with him. Urban Meyer, for me, I just think it's just it's too just much too, it's too much coming with him, too much baggage. I understand he's a great college football coach, but just I just don't think that's going to end well for either party. Potentially, never does. <laughs> and then and then Dion Dion might be able to do a hell of a job in recruiting, but he just doesn't have any experience at this but level. That's. That's also back to the Herm Edwards style of coaching. That goes back to what I I was saying that I didn't really want in a next head coach. But if you get the five star recruits, I think you're out of all these coaches. I would I would take rule if ASU does end up going four and eight. Okay, I I think if if, they if, go, if they're all saying yes, if they go four and eight, five and seven, I might go. I might stay with the Guano. That's just that's just me. I, again, I, but it depends I, how they look too. Are they competitive? Are they getting yeah, blown that, out? That's the thing. Is, is like it, in a perfect, we've already seen that they're being competitive. So in a perfect world, so out of these people that you've you've said, I would want Deion Sanders. He would be my top pick. Okay. Even though I've al- already said that I didn't want a coach to come in and be the CEO type like Herm Edwards, I wanted someone to come in that can call plays and be in the huddles, kind of like what Sean Aguano is doing right now, being in all the huddles, going around to practice, which Deion does. I saw I see him do that at Jackson State. But also, like I was saying before, Texas A&M might be firing Jimbo Fisher with the way that they're playing right now. So for context here, Jeremy's mom went to Florida State. I mean, <laughs> if we're talking about coaches that... Joe Dia. But if, if we're talking about coaches that are going to go out and get the recruits, those two would be huge for Arizona State. Uh, Jimbo would be one that I I really would like if that happens, just because he's won a national championship. Let's remember that. Yeah. So I wouldn't rule out, no pun intended, Matt Rule. Wow. But I I think they're going to go maybe try and pry one of these coaches away from different schools around the country as well. There's also Paul Christ. Who got fired Correct. from Wisconsin? If great you want, defensive coach, yeah, great defensive coach. Also, if you want to run the ball forty times, that's that's your guy. Yeah, that's Jesse's guy. That, I mean, maybe <laughs> I, he had some success at Wisconsin. They were pretty, well, that would be Wolf's guy. There, that would be Wolf's guy. Happy birthday, Wolf! By the way, turning sixty today. Um, and then you know, there, there's also the less sexy hires of like Matt Campbell, who's the Iowa State coach, and there is also uh, the Kent State coach. Who Kent State is two and four right now, so I'm not really feeling that one. Also, not really feeling Matt Campbell because Iowa State 
they're good, but like he hasn't really made them like what I thought they would be after that year in 2020 where they were really good with Brock Purdy. There's also been talks about uh, Justin Wilcox maybe being a guy that ASU can pry away from Cal. Yeah, but like, why would he have? Why would he have an easier time at ASU than Cal? It just doesn't really make much sense to me. I guess Cal's a really hard academic school, but but still, I, f- I feel like he's shown what he can do in the Pac-12, which is about what ASU has yeah, been historically. Six, maybe six wins, six wins, seven wins, eight wins on a good year. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that's that with the coaching search continuing. Big story is that Matt Rule is is hanging around. Yeah. He's he's not an NFL coach anymore. Well, right, but like I said, if I were him, I'd wait it out. I agree. I would go. <laughs> I wouldn't even go take a coordinator job or a quarterback coach job or whatever. I would go sail off into the middle of the Mediterranean Sea <laughs> and say hi to people in four years. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, um, Henry Jones was back at practice the other day. He did not take first team reps. Jesse, are you close to being right on this? Is I think Trenton Borgay the starter moving forward. I think Trenton Borgay is the starter moving forward. However, I'm not sure that Emory Jones not taking first team reps has anything to do with that. I think that they were just, you know, moving him slowly back into the process yeah. of practice. So, yeah, I mean, I think that I think it's going to be more of a heated competition next week and then we'll see, but I I do think Trenton Borgay will start. Jake I'm interested to see when we get to the Stanford game, whoever ends up being the starter, how long is their leash if they end up struggling? Right. How quickly is the change at quarterback going to be made? And it really doesn't matter who starts in terms of what that leash is because it's going to be either, oh, you second-guess yourself, we should have started Borgay, or it's, we knew we should have started Borgay if you end up going with Emery and he doesn't perform to the level that you think is adequate here's why i think that whoever starts is going to get the full game because we saw it what was it now two weeks ago when emory jones was struggling against um who was it uh, three U- weeks utah? ago when utah? they when he yeah. was struggling against utah, utah aguano decided to just leave him in there let him go even though it looked real bad so i think aguano wants to just run with whoever is out there like for the entire game and then make the decision middle of the week if he has to. I just... I'm, I'm The only reason why I'm hesitant to say Borgay needs to be the guy and there's nothing that Borgay has done to say he shouldn't be based off what we've seen. He played hurt all through the offseason, he told us. The other yes, day. that... Crazy. That was crazy. <laughs> but... All we, through I, last season. Tw- I don't want yeah. to freak out over one game when Washington didn't prepare for a kid. Right? There's no... That's true. There yeah. was... Now we're going to see... I mean, it's just like, you know, when the D-backs had all these rookies coming up, like Garrett, like Stone Garrett hit, caught fire when he first got to the bigs. Yeah. Then you start to get some film, you see what pitches he can, can't hit, yep. and then he started to struggle. Alec Thomas, same exact thing. So I, I we don't know because Trenton Borgay at the college level has what, play, only played in what, two games now? I believe three. So, UVA, Southern Utah, and this past week. So he... Oh, and NAU, so four. Well, I mean, but when I say play, I mean like... 
Like real in in real time, yeah, if he, he needs to make plays, make throws. Yeah, then that's really just the one game because otherwise it's been pretty much garbage time. Exactly. So, and I know he got in against Southern Utah, which was garbage time. Yeah. So, I just don't know how he's going to be able to come back from that. Not saying he can't. He definitely could have a similar performance that he did against Washington. He did. He did throw an interception. It was an errant throw, but he came back from it. After Utah, or excuse me, after Washington tied the game and came back and let a game-winning drive through to Elijah Badger for a second touchdown pass the game to him. Yep. So it, it's just going to be interesting to me. I mean, obviously this is what the coaches get paid to do, make this decision. Bottom line is they the offense has never looked as good as they did as they did on Saturday with Trenton Borgay at quarterback. Like, it, it, like, there's no arguing that. That is the best they have looked all season. But are we freaking out over... One game, one performance, and that's going to be the true test when you start to play the likes of of Stanford on the road and then at, on the road again against Colorado. I think it'd be interesting to see if a team gets pressure on him, how he handles the pressure if he's able to get out of the pocket and still find his second or third read. I mean, I, it, it, he already showed that he could take a hit and throw a touchdown. Correct, but if he isn't able to, like if he gets to his second read and the pressure's coming and he can't throw to his second read, is he able to get out of the pocket and find his third? Because we've heard Emery talk about he starts thinking about the pass rush once he starts getting hit and starts going down and and Trenton hasn't, I mean he's a quarterback so he doesn't get hit at practice. Right. He's only been hit a couple of times. We saw him deliver strikes and throw touchdown passes on them, but he hasn't been sacked two or three times in a game. Mentally, how is that going to work out? How is that going to change Correct. the way he plays? How is that going to change the way the game is called by Glenn Thomas? Those are all questions that I would love to know the answer to, but you're going to have to figure it out in a game if you start him. Right, well, it, and it, it might have been just a flash in the pan with that Washington game. He was able to look and, and find his open receivers and figure out and, and kind of read the field a little bit, but is once you said once these teams get it on film what are they going to do to counteract you know him being able to read a field that'll be interesting to see let's recklessly speculate who do you think stanford's preparing for i i don't they're not preparing for anybody right now because they 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 got they're preparing they, they got for Notre game, Dame. Yeah, the game exactly. Notre Dame but, but like <laughs> okay well well who do you think they will be preparing for next week or both honestly i if if I was a coach looking at those two, it would be let's prepare for the guy that can run. Yeah. And just in case the guy who doesn't run as much ends up being the guy, we don't have to worry about that as much. And I think either way, it's the same game plan. It's to get pressure on the quarterback. It's yeah. also make sure that you're selling out to stop the run a little bit with, with uh, Valade and Ngata being able to finally break off a few good runs in the last game against Washington. I think they're going to make sure that they get enough penetration against the offensive line to make it uncomfortable for ASU's offense. I think that I personally just think that ASU is going to go with Trenton Borgay, and I think it'll be interesting to see how he looks in this game because personally I think that Stanford will probably look at both quarterbacks going in. Um, and yeah, I, I think that they're gonna they're probably going to go with Trin Borgay, and I think you know if he really struggles in this game, I don't think they're going to switch in this game. But I think they would they would consider going back for Colorado to Emory Jones. But yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see who who comes out, you know, to take the the first series against Stanford. I'm not sure we're going to know until that day. Um, moving forward from the football team now, um, 
next week we will talk more. Not, not Jesse's football team. The <laughs> my football team is called the Commanders now. Yeah, the, it's not. It's no longer the football team. The football team. Um. Anyway, uh, we'll talk more about the Stanford game next week, and after Stanford actually plays against Notre Dame this weekend, uh, we'll have a little bit more film to go over. Right, Jesse? We'll definitely watch the film from the Notre Dame game. Oh yeah. Well, I'll be sure to watch Notre Dame Stanford this week. Um. Yeah, but we'll, where's the condensed game of that? Pac12.com, <laughs> something like that. Can I get it in nine minutes? We'll go more into depth about uh, what to expect from next week's game. But big game coming up tonight at the Mullet Mullet Arena. Mullet's ASU. Out. You'll be there, Jeremy. Yeah, men's hockey. ASU men's hockey playing their first game at Mullet Arena. Women's hockey played the first real. Uh, game at Mullet Arena on Wednesday against GCU. So are, are they playing there or at, still at Oceanside? I'm very confused. I think, like, where are the I, club teams play? I think it's a little bit of both. Okay. Just like whenever it's available, they got can, it. You know, they can got it. Okay. But yeah, the the women's team, the club team, played at Mullet Arena for the first time on Wednesday. That was cool uh, to kind of do a soft launch of the arena, and now big time. It's coming up tonight against Colgate, ASU against Colgate, Jesse. Yeah, I mean, it'll be cool to see the arena. Well, it'll be cool for you to see the arena. I'll be there, yeah. I'll be broadcasting high school football. But, uh, it, it, yeah, it'll be cool for you to see, you know, how nice this arena is. I mean, you've seen it somewhat. but Yeah, not, but this time it's going to be cold. I brought my jacket today, Jay. Yeah, it's, it's going to yeah. be cold. There's going to be fans there. Up. There's going to be a student section. Uh, I hope it's sold out. I think that would be great. Definitely will be. Um, you know, there's a whole ribbon-cutting ceremony. And then, you know, obviously, you want to see how well ASU does and if this team can take it to the next level. I mean, with this new arena, I'm expecting this team to become one of the premier hockey teams in the country. I think that, you know, with the ability to recruit players and say, hey, you can come play hockey and it's not negative 10 outside, I think that is a huge bonus with recruiting. And so, yeah, I mean, they received seven votes for the top 20 this year. Um, They just do a top 20 in college hockey. But, uh, yeah, I think that with this arena and um, they got a good coach in Greg Powers, they just... You know, this is this is the time to take the next step. Would it be the leap, a leap, or taking the next step? Okay, this would be a leap this mm-hmm. year because you know I think that it's more of a bigger picture looking forward. Like I'm, I'm not. They need to saying, take a leap this year. Yeah, I'm not saying that they need to be like a tournament team this year. I just want to see a winning record because. Okay, so next year or the year after, you want to see what, the yeah. leap to national championship yeah. contender. Yeah, that's what I want to see in the next couple of years. What does contender mean to you? Like getting to Frozen Fours. Okay. So to, in my opinion, that's quite a leap. Um, but this team has proven that it, it can compete with, you know, a Bemidji State, with the, a Mankato State, like the premier teams. Minnesota Duluth. The they pro- lost, but I mean, they Union stayed University. with them pretty well. The premier hockey programs in in They beat uh, Ohio State. They, they, they beat, beat Denver once. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, AS, ASU has proven that they can do it. It's just, I mean, now you have, a, like Jesse said, you have a legit place to play that you can use with your facilities to recruit these guys. So, like you said, they don't have to stay in, in the Midwest during the winter, which I 
can't even fathom, don't even want to fathom what and the now, weather is like. And now these Big Ten teams can start to come out here and actually play against ASU. Hey, you can host. And, and they don't have to actually like make it so that it's a tournament at Gila River Arena mm-hmm. or whatever they call it now. But um, But yeah, now these Big Ten teams that they're playing against can come here and start to play against ASU. That'll be fun. Like, we'll get to see those teams. And honestly, maybe a sign of things to come. Maybe ASU joins the Big Ten at some point. I know their hockey team is playing against the Big Ten a lot. They've but, been in the Big Ten for hockey in, during yeah. the COVID year, and they, they yeah. played a completely road schedule. So, that yeah, yeah that would be a good that'd be a good spot for at least hockey. For all sports? Maybe. I don't know if I would want to see ASU in the Big Ten. I think it'd be great. I'd rather see Big 12, but that's just me personally. The dollars say Big Ten. Yeah. For sure. Um, but yeah, I I would love to see ASU compete for Frozen Fours every year. I would love that. But I think what we saw from the Pashnucks and Walker and all those guys that were on that team back when they first made it to the NCAA tournament, I think that was a nice step in the right direction. They just have to start to build on that. I think COVID was a year that kind of made it so that the program couldn't continue to rise but i think as we see you know the opening of the arena recruits starting to come and and see what asu is all about with you know actually having an arena on campus now i think this is going to be huge for asu's hockey program to take the next step yeah mullet's out mullet's out um and on that note jesse mullet's out and we're out uh Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week to break down uh, Stanford taking on ASU in uh, Palo Alto for Jake Anderson and Jesse Morrison. I'm Jeremy Schnell. We'll talk to you soon. Ciao.